Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, guys. Welcome back. I hope everyone had a happy new year. It is freezing in South Florida. I know it's freezing everywhere, but we turned on the heat in my apartment this week, so that was a thing. Right off the bat, I just want to thank everyone in the Emotionally Broken Psychos Facebook group and everyone who follows me on Twitter that left me five-star reviews this week on iTunes. It was very much appreciated. It gave us a boost into the top 200 films and TV shows. I'm sure it's not there anymore, but it's awesome when it is there. I had posted that I get a lot of troll reviews. I think, I don't know, I have a personality people hate. (laughs) And, you know, from Reddit, I think people don't like me. But there are some legitimately bad reviews of people who just don't like me. And they have legit criticisms on the show. And I do try and take them to heart. Somebody said that I call Farrah Farrah Abrams and not Farrah Abraham, which is true. I don't know why I do that. I also have a hard time with Nate Griffith and Nate Griffin. I always want to call him Nate Griffin, even though that's not his name. So to the person who said that, I don't know Farrah's last name, you're absolutely right. I don't know why I always call her Farrah Abrams. It's Abraham. Anyway, um, to the people who leave me one-star reviews calling me fat and saying that I'm too obsessed with the TV show... Uh, don't know why you're doing that, but I appreciate everyone that left positive reviews. If you are listening to this and you have not left me a review yet on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. It's a pretty easy process. Just go in. If you like it, leave me a five star, maybe write a little blurb. You don't even have to, but it'd be very much appreciated. Anyway, back to Teen Mom. I feel like I haven't done a podcast in a long time, which is not true. I did one last week, but I haven't done one on my own, I think it may be three or four weeks since before the holidays, and that's probably why I'm feeling so off balance, if you will. Uh, first time that we've had a boring Macy episode this season. You know, Ryan and Mac, not much happened there. I mean, look, it was still entertaining. I like to watch them fight, but it wasn't crazy. So I think I'm going to start out with Farah. What's Farrah up to this week? I really loved how Farrah said, oh, no, (coughs) excuse me. We're not starting out with Farrah. What I need to talk about first is Mackenzie McKee. So if you guys listened to an episode I did back, I think, in April with my lovely, lovely Maria Towner, we did a episode on Mackenzie McKee's, then Mackenzie Doty, 16 and Pregnant. She was on Teen Mom 3 and somebody that I deeply care about as far as like the team mom universe goes Mackenzie has always been like she's a lot she's she's a lot she's a psycho and I love to follow her well this week something really sad and awful happened her mom had been not feeling well thought she had bronchitis went to the doctor's 
turns out she has stage four lung cancer that spread to her brain. Initially, they were going to do surgery because they thought she just had three masses, just, but they thought she had three masses that they were going to try and take out of her brain. But it turns out that the masses are all over her brain, so it it's inoperable. Is that how you say that word? Inoperable? I don't know. But she... Basically, they can't ha- do surgery to take out the masses. She is going to do chemo and radiation, but it does not seem like the prognosis is good. I feel terrible for Mackenzie. I have been <laughs> deeply affected by this, and I am extremely worried for Mackenzie. Uh, if you guys follow Mackenzie on Snapchat, you'll know that she's just like, she's not right in the head. She, I don't think she has the support system to deal with this. Um, Angie, her mom, has always been her number one supporter. I mean, her and Josh lived with Angie until last year. Maybe even until this year. When did they get that house? I think they got it this year. They've been living, they'd been living with Angie McKenzie's, she'd been living with her through the birth of Bronx, the third baby. So she's extremely close with her mom. Her husband, Josh, is a fucking... He's a loaf of bread, if you will. I don't think he has any emotions. At one point, he had a pill problem. I don't know if that's still a thing, but he cheats on Mackenzie. They don't have a good marriage. They've never had a good marriage. She wants us to think sometimes they have a good marriage. Mackenzie has a long history of depression and anxiety and mental illnesses that she refuses to manage, doesn't manage, doesn't believe in. You know, she'll go on meds only to go off them to will herself happy. She's always getting in trouble on Snapchat, talking about the fact that she just chose to be happy and chose not to be depressed anymore, which is, you know, not how it works. Um, And also, of course, there's Mackenzie's eating eating disorder, which is like a whole other can of worms that if you guys follow her, you also know that she has what appears to be a pretty severe eating disorder. And my worry is that a lot of this stuff, like her managing her mental illness and also her food issues, seem to stem directly from her mom. If you guys know anything about Angie, she runs literally every single day. She eats healthier than Mackenzie. She's always encouraging Mackenzie's workout stuff. The fact is, the whole McKee family seems to be in the orthoaxia stage. I don't know if they are. (sighs) Obviously, you can't diagnose other people's food issues, but I think a lot of Mackenzie's issues come from her mom's lifestyle. Her mom, she, Mackenzie's always talking about the fact that she does, her mom doesn't let her be depressed. Her mom doesn't let her kids whine. Her mom doesn't let anybody be sad, etc., etc. So, And I don't, and, like, I think that's just who Angie is. I don't think she's doing it cruelly. I'm not saying this, like, speak negatively of Angie, but I think that's going to make it really hard for Mackenzie to grieve. I don't know if she's going to be allowed to grieve by her family. I don't know if Josh is going to support her in her grief. Um, I, I, Mackenzie's already constantly talking about how healthy Angie was and, like, her eating and exercising. I'm just, I'm worried. I watched Mackenzie Snapchat and cried with her because it's just so sad. It's so sad. I can't even imagine. I mean, Angie's young. She started having kids when she was a teen. Angie was a teen mom. I think maybe not 16, but I think she was like 18 or 19. And Mackenzie, as her youngest, is 
Mackenzie must be, what, 24? So I think Angie's in her 40s, if not her early 50s. And I the prognosis is not good, and I feel awful for her. And I'm deeply concerned for Mackenzie. I think, you know, the food and mental health issues are just going to be... I don't know. I don't know how she's going to deal with this. I will continue watching her Snapchat because I'm sure she will lay it out for all of us to see on Snapchat as she does. Um, And like, I feel so sad because she's like, if you place body by Mac orders, like they're getting filled. And it's like, oh, just take a breath, Mac. She's Mackenzie has like a manic need to be happy at all times and make us think that she's happy. And I just don't know how she's going to continue doing that if her mom dies. Because I think that's the very real... I mean, when you have stage 4 cancer, I don't... Can you go into remission from stage 4 cancer? Like, can you get better from it? Um, I, a woman I work with, her daughter is stage 4 breast cancer, and it's awful. And she's lived, like, four years with it. But it's like every day that she lives, she's winning, basically. She's winning. I don't think... My impression is that once it gets to stage 4, it's like... You're just going against the clock every day that you're alive. So, yeah, if you believe in prayer, you should pray for Angie. She's a very religious woman. I just feel so sad. And I I really am keeping Mackenzie, like, close to my heart, basically, as corny as that sounds. But I'm very worried for her. Okay, so let's go to Farah. <laughs> Ooh, that was great, right? Great way to start the show. But we have to talk about it. Because it's going on in Team Mom. So, Farah, I liked how <laughs> it starts out with, we're in L.A., so Sophia's taking a surf lesson. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, she just says it, like, you know, so she's taking a surf lesson. And the producer is like, Farah, are you going to do this? And she's like, no, I don't swim. Which I found to be weird. I don't know. It's... I can't imagine not swimming. Although I guess with all our hair extensions, it's probably hard. When you have a lot of hair extensions, can you go swimming? Don't they get messed up? I don't know. Somebody that knows, please let me know. And the producer basically, oh, so they're going to Omaha for Farrah's grandmother's 80th birthday. And the producer's like, okay, well, are you nervous about that? And Farrah gets her obnoxious voice on. And she's like, I want to have a good day. I don't look at my life upside down and shit on it. Or something weird like that. I don't know. It drove me nuts. <laughs> I hate when the girls, like, refuse to engage with the producers. I understand that it's probably annoying, like, you're having a good day and a producer wants to kind of make you emotional and wants to make you feel bad. But at the same time, that's the point of the show. Is it not? That's her job. And all the moms do it. And it just drives me nuts. And something particularly about the way Farrah does it in her fucking voice I just hate Farrah's voice. I really do. We got a quick scene of Deb FaceTiming David. And she's like, well, you know, it's about less than 60 days till we get married. And he just like deadpans back at her. He's like, I don't keep track of that. (laughs) Oh, my God. David is... He's not great, guys. I hope everybody knows if I talk shit about Farah and especially later in her segments I'm not defending Deb or David like those two are whack jobs they're so fucking weird watching them interact is so bizarre to me Deborah is just a weird person in general I think 
we all know that. And David is so beyond bizarre. I don't, I don't even really know like what to do with him or where to put him. It doesn't make, he doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I for one, as I discussed, hate scenes of people FaceTiming. And I just don't care to watch people FaceTiming. And I especially don't care to watch Deb and David FaceTiming. Apparently, Deb's mom, Farrah's grandmother, hasn't seen Farrah Sophia in over a year. Which is sad, but I'm guessing Farrah just hasn't been to Omaha. Which, you know, happens. Um, And she's sad about that, but she's excited to see them. So we get the weirdest fucking scene that I... Guys... What the fuck was this? Farrah goes out to lunch with a friend, and her friend is Frenchie from Rock of Love. And I think she did Charm School. But they didn't acknowledge that. (laughs) Guys, that was so fucking weird. She came up on the screen and I was like, excuse me? Like, (laughs) is that Frenchie? What the fuck? What the fuck was that? Can someone explain to me, please, what the fuck that was? Because I have no idea it doesn't make any... How can you just have a reality TV crossover like that and you just don't even acknowledge that it's happening? We're just supposed to believe that this weird 45-year-old woman is Farrah's friend. Um, Dressed... I I don't even really know how to explain it. Like a Barbie doll, I guess. (laughs) It It was so weird. Also, Farrah's, like, collection of friends is so incredibly incredibly bizarre. Where does she meet these people? How often does she talk to them? I guess her and Frenchie probably met just, like, doing the reality TV circuit. I don't know what else Frenchie has been on off of VH1, but I think... I, don't, I also kind of assume that all reality TV stars just know each other because they probably go to, like, the same OK Magazine parties. Like, everybody on Vanderpump Rules? (laughs) Is that true? Is it not? I don't know. And they're talking about um, Farrah's upcoming trip to Italy. And she says, I heard Venice smells at this time of year, which made me laugh. I've never been to Venice, so I don't know. I've actually never been to Europe. That's not a fun fact about me, but it's a fact about me. I've never been to Europe. I would like to go. I might try and go to Malta this summer with some of my friends we'll we'll see what's in the cards for me um but I have traveled I've been to the Middle East I've been to Israel multiple times I've been to Central America multiple times Mexico like five or six times and Guatemala twice I have traveled I've been all over the country I just haven't been to Europe Farrah is much more well-traveled than I am I will say like I do appreciate the fact that Farrah seems to appreciate travel and good food it's something that Sets her apart from the other teen moms, definitely. And I appreciate it about her. So this is when Fair tells us that Sophia's starting her homeschooling, which is like, ugh. And she says, now she doesn't have to be at school and can come with me anytime. <sighs> Yikes. I am deeply concerned about Sophia's homeschooling. I'm sure I've talked about it on this podcast before. I'm assuming she's in online school, which I don't understand how that's, like, possible for an eight-year-old. I mean, is Farah teaching her? Look, homeschooling is a great option for some kids. 
But if you're going to be doing homeschooling with an eight-year-old, like, the parent needs to be the teacher. Like, how can an eight-year-old do online school? Like, how can you, how can an eight-year-old sit at a computer and learn? I'm hoping she has tutors, but if they go to Europe for two weeks, she's not meeting with the tutor, you know, unless they're, the tutor's traveling with her, and I don't trust Vera even with a third grader's education. You know, just because she's homeschooling doesn't mean that Sophia doesn't need a schedule. I'm so worried about the fact that she's going to be isolated and only around adults even more. I hope Vera has her still in sports and activities. I'm just... Guys, I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous about this. I think there's some serious educational abuse, especially if this homeschooling's out of Texas, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure from what I can tell, Farrah never moved to LA and Farrah's still living with Michael. Not sure what's going on with that. By the way, you guys, uh, if you want to pay to watch foot fetish videos from Farrah, you can do that now. I think Farrah is. I think Farrah must be broke. She's floating those three businesses. She's traveling. She lost money on properties. Um, I'm guessing she's broke and she is diving headfirst or feet first, if you will, back into her sex work, which, you know, I would say like, okay, well, good for her. But I think we've all seen that she seems miserable and that she does not like to do sex work and it's not something that she feels good about doing. So that's sad and depressing to me. Um, so Sophia and Farah go to Omaha. And have you guys noticed Farah's need to like take, what's the word for them, car services everywhere? Like can this bitch not run a car or can she not get an Uber? She's always like in a limo or the back of a town car. And this is why I think she's broke. Like how much should it cost to do those car services? Because that's one thing I don't think MTV pays for because we've never seen the, any of the other girls in them. And also, I don't think this is an MTV paid for trip because it's just they didn't even get to film the party. So we hear Fer- Sophia in the car say, David better not be at the party. And Farrah quickly says, we don't have time for that. Now, what are my thoughts on Sophia? Okay. I think Sophia probably naturally doesn't like David. I think that's totally possible. The fact is she's eight years old. She has a personality. She has likes and dislikes. She's old enough. She's not two, right? Like she's old enough not to like people. I do believe she naturally does not like David. Or it's a good possibility. David's weird. He's not cuddly. He's not soft. He's not fun. He's not funny. You know, he's not... I can't imagine any eight-year-old, like, really liking David. He doesn't talk. It doesn't seem like he, from what we've seen, he doesn't really talk to Sophia. He doesn't interact with her. And I'm sure Sophia doesn't care for David. 100%. I believe that and I am on board with that. However, it's so clear to me that Sophia says all this shit to get attention and reactions from Farah. The reality is, I think Farah ignores Sophia most of the time. She treats her like she's either not in the room or she's like a weird adult. Farah is an awful mother, and of course, Sophia's gonna say shit like David better not be there because when she does, she gets positive attention from Farah. I think a normal child, if they did not like David, would have said, like, I don't like David, and their mom would have been like, that's not okay to say. You can't talk 
to about adults like that and they would learn not to say it it's so clear to me that sophia talks shit about david as a means to like to bond with her mom which is very very sad you know i didn't really like my grandmother when i was little i mean i still don't really like her i can't remember how old it was that that started but i didn't talk shit about her to my mom i don't think because i don't think my mom would have allowed that beyond like a normal kid comment and that like little exchange that David better not be at the party and Farrah saying we don't have time for that and that being David just told me everything that I needed to know it's so clear that I just I keep saying that it's so clear it's so clear I should get a better vocab but to me I should get a better vocabulary not vocab but to me it just seems like Sophia's parodying what I'm sure she hears Farrah saying also what she hears Michael saying because if my theory's correct they're still living with Michael and I'm sure she listens to Michael and Farrah just talk constant shit on Deb and David so MTV's not filming the party because Farrah's family doesn't like filming which I love and respect I love when people are like well nope MTV can't come in because I wouldn't let them either and uh we get a voiceover from Fair that Sophia and I had a great time at the party. And I even agreed to let my mom hang out with us tonight. <sighs> that line really bothered me. You know, Farah is like the queen of withholding affection, time, money, whatever power she has as a punishment or a reward for people. So when she's mad at Deb, she won't let Deb have any access to her or Sophia. She doesn't communicate. She doesn't talk. She just shuts off access. And when she's happy with Deb, she allows, I even agreed to let my mom hang out with us. It just, it's so dysfunctional. Their family's so dysfunctional. And it shouldn't be surprising to me or to any of us that Sophia is acting like a monster. Well, not a monster. You guys know I would never talk shit on kids. By the way, did you guys know if that... Uh, Emotionally Broken Psychos is planning on rolling out another podcast. We are 65% of the way there. But once we get there, Princess Jones Curtis, who's a regular on this podcast, as one of the reviews called her, the less annoying Liz Bentley. (laughs) I swear to God, someone that rated this podcast called Princess the Less Annoying Liz Bentley, which is the funniest fucking thing to me because it's fucking true. And by the way, to the person who reviewed it and said that I interrupt my podcast, podcast guest a lot but thinks it's probably because we do it on Skype and it's I it's hard to get a flow you're right partially I am an interrupter it's like an awful habit I pledge to work on it more you know it's 2018 it's a new year I'm gonna work harder on not interrupting my guests but it is hard when you're on the phone and you can't see the person so you don't know if they're done speaking But thank you for that constructive criticism in the review. But, yeah, somebody called Princess Jones Curtis the less annoying Liz Bentley, which is so funny. But the less annoying Liz Bentley is going to be doing a Tori Spelling podcast. If you guys know Tori Spelling, I'm fucking obsessed with Tori Spelling. If you like Teen Mom, you probably like Tori Spelling. And why did I think of this? Oh, because... (laughs) Princess is telling people I talk shit on children, which I absolutely would never do. And I'm not going to do it about Sophia here. 
Sophie is not a monster, but she's behaving much like the dysfunctional adults in her life. And that's not her fault, but she's getting too old for it. You know, she's too old for it. So they're all three at dinner, Deb, Sophia, and Farah. And Farah's like, this is what drives me nuts. Oh, well, Sophia's going to be in a fashion show, which like, ugh, major groan. Don't try and make your child a model. But, by the way, Sophia's getting so pretty in pictures. Do you guys follow Farrah's social media? Also, Farrah was in fucking Palm Beach this week. She went to Mar-a-Lago, by the way, because Farrah is 100% a Trumper. If you guys didn't know that, now you know. And I tweeted at her to get lunch with me multiple times, and she ignored me. Can you believe it? Anyways... Uh, Sophia is starting to look really grow into her look. She's growing into like her mouth area and I think she's going to be very, very pretty. I hope Farrah doesn't force her to get plastic surgery at a young age because she doesn't, she won't need it. She's becoming a really pretty little girl. But so apparently Deborah is allowed to come see Sophia in the fashion show, which is great. And then Farrah is like, so where's David? He wasn't at the party. And it's like, Farrah, why are you bringing up David? Farrah wants us to think this is all Deborah's fault and their entire relationship is Deborah's fault, but it's not because Farrah starts poking and prodding. Why didn't they just have a whole night and not talk about David? And as soon as David and the wedding comes up, Sophia starts growling. <sighs> talk about worrisome behavior. We have not, we don't see that behavior even from Jace. You know, we don't see him growling when Deb, when Deb, when Barbara and Janelle start fighting. I am really worried about Sophia's ability to self-express. They start talking about the wedding and Sophia starts to hit herself. Now, I am not a child psychologist. I know, I know you're all shocked, but self-harm starts and can start even earlier than Sophia age. Sophia's eight in these episodes, but, you know, self-harm happens among kids in one way is, you know, they don't start cutting themselves. They start hitting themselves. And that is scary. Watching Sophia growl and then hit herself so that I'm assuming she'll get the attention of Farah is so upsetting. I'm guessing she did that because she wanted, I, I mean, this is so so much speculation on my part (laughs) like this is like I'm like hopping over from like this I know to be true this is just a guess to like speculation land but I'm guessing that Sophia wants to make sure that Farrah knows Sophia's on her side and she Sophia wants to make sure that mommy cares knows that she cares and that's sad I just don't believe that From what we know, from the information we know, I mean, God forbid something happened between David and Sophia. I don't think that's the case. I don't even want to go there. But from what we know, there's no reason for Sophia to hate David so much that at the mention of his name, she starts growling and hitting herself. So Farrah at least like recognizes that something weird's going on and brings her into the bathroom And she's like, so you're not happy about the wedding because it's upsetting? And Sophia declares that she never wants to see Grandma again if she's going to get married to David. And Farrah's like, so you don't want to go to the wedding? I know that. Mommy knows that. Mommy listens to you. 
I feel like if you're a parent to an eight-year-old, your eight-year-old knows if you listen to them or not. And saying, like, mommy listens to you, it's just so creepy the way that Farrah talks about herself in the third person in relation to being a parent to Sophia. It's weird. And they go back out to the table, and Farrah's basically like, well, Sophia doesn't want you to marry David, and she's upset. And Deb's like, well, I like David, and I don't think it's fair. I'm sorry that you don't like him, but I don't think it's fair that there's this ultimatum that if I don't like, if I don't, if I stay with David, that you won't be a part of my life. And Farrah goes, Grandma can say sorry, then she'll just stare at you because that's a capacity, because that's her capacity. That's all she's able to do. Wow. I wonder why Farrah doesn't like Deb anymore and doesn't want anything to do with David. Shocking. If you guys remember at the reunion, which was shortly after this Key Largo trip, Fair or Sophia was asking to see Grandma. Like Farrah loves ugh, I keep messing their names up. Sophia loves her grandma. She loves her mom and she wants her mom's attention more, so she's willing to be mean to grandma about David if it means mommy will give her attention. And Farrah's like, you don't listen to Sophia. <laughs> Which it's like, I, it's crazy. Farrah is literally asking her mother not to marry someone so that her eight-year-old daughter will not be upset. I cannot imagine how unhealthy a family has to be to give a child that much control over adult relationships. I'm sorry, but children don't get to choose who gets married and who doesn't. That's not healthy. A child should never have that much power in the home. You know, you listen to kids, you validate kids, but you don't let kids control your life. And Farrah doesn't either. She just says that shit to piss off Deb. Farrah says, I keep hearing you say I don't take the time to get to know people. And in this situation, it's the exact opposite. So when we're not at your wedding, I hope you know why. (sighs) Except Farrah does end up going to her wedding. Because that's Farah, and this is what they do. She withholds affection, and she punishes Deb until the last minute where she can be nice to her. It's so unhealthy. I am distressed. I'm really distressed this week. By the way, my ceiling fan, I never have my ceiling fan off, except for when I record this, basically. And it's off right now, and my ceiling fan is extremely dusty. And I just looked up, and I, like, want to scream at how dusty it is, because I can't see the dust on it when it's moving and I want to die. Um, (laughs) I'll have to clean that. Anyway, Farrah is a complete nut job. Deborah is a complete nut job. David's a complete nut job. Michael's a real nut job. Some Michael catfishing stuff was posted on Reddit, which I guess came out a couple years ago, but some lady catfished Michael and released his like sex messages with her. I hate saying sex out loud because it's like I don't think with my speech impediment people can understand sex to I I don't know how to make that a plural so his sex messages with her that included um him saying that he wants I'm praying that he was just like living out a fantasy in this message but according to Michael he once spent a weekend fucking a woman and her 20 year old daughter and the women fucked each other 
So, yeah, that's what Michael's into, in case anyone's wondering. But they're all freaks, except for Sophia. But Sophia's probably going to become a freak because all of the adults in her life behave like that. And how can you not be? So that's fair this week. Farrah, Farrah, Farrah. I, I don't know. I Look, I like watching Farrah segments. I don't want Farrah to get fired. You know, I don't want and I don't want any mom except Chelsea and Kate to get fired. <laughs> Farrah isn't boring. Sometimes she is, but for the most part, Farrah isn't boring. So I just want Farrah to stay around and be her psychotic self. So we'll go to Macy next after a five second break. Macy didn't have much of a segment this week, I found. It's Macy's birthday. How exciting. I really don't care about people's birthdays on Teen Mom. Do you guys care? I really don't care. So Macy calls Keely, who, by the way, her baby was born with a brain illness, and he has to have his, like, second brain surgery, and I'm very upset for her. It's very sad. Everybody should pray for Keely and Keely's baby. And Ryan still hasn't responded about the drug test. And Macy has a Teen Mom pillow on her bed. Did you guys notice that? Keely does say, like, okay, the only negative here that I can see is that one day, maybe soon, Bentley's going to start asking about Ryan. And what are you going to say to him? And Macy's like, Bentley doesn't give a fuck about Ryan. But what he is concerned about is his Mimi and Pop-Pop. And she says, it's hurting him, it's hurting them, and it's hurting me because we were all really close. Now, I don't see why Bentley can't go see his Mimi and Pop-Pop. I don't understand why he can't go there for the day. I truly, I under, look, I understand Jen and Larry enable Ryan. I 100% understand that. But I don't see why Macy can't ask Jen to have Bentley over and Ryan's not allowed to be there. Why can't Bentley? Why can't Macy go and watch? I mean, Macy shouldn't have to do that. She's young kids. Why can't Jen and Larry come to Macy's house for lunch? Why? I I think she, I. I don't know exactly. I don't know. I feel like we're not getting nearly enough information when it comes to Jen, Larry, and Macy and what's going on between the three of them for me to understand why Macy is not allowing Bentley to see Jen and Larry. I think that's cruel. I completely understand why she does not want Ryan around. I would understand if she does not want Bentley to sleep over there. But you mean to tell me that Bentley cannot go to Jen and Larry's house from 12 to 4 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon? That doesn't make any sense to me. Bentley wants to see his Mimi and Pop-Pop. You have allowed Mimi and Pop-Pop to raise Bentley for by your side for his entire life and to now withhold that for Mimi and Pop-Pop, I don't, I just, I don't like it. I don't get it. I don't support it. I'm sorry. I just don't. And you know what? That's like maybe a fuck up on Macy and Macy being a teen mom. But if she didn't want to co-parent with Mimi and Pop-Pop, then she should have went to court a long time ago and made it so that Ryan got way less visitation or that Mimi and Pop-Pop like didn't, I mean, she let Mimi and Pop-Pop have him Every other weekend of his entire life, and Benley's eight years old now, he's in the third grade. And to just take that away from Bentley is fucked up. It's fucked up to take it away from them, but the reality is Mimi and Pop-Pop are adults. You know, Jen and Larry are adults. But Bentley didn't ask for this. And I just, 
I, it's not right. I'm sorry. It's not right. I'm 100% on Macy's side when it comes to Ryan. And I feel like I'm missing something. I just don't get what's going on between the three of them. Nothing to do with Mackenzie and Ryan. Because we know those two fucking nutbags shouldn't be around Bentley. However, I don't get... I just don't get it. Is it because Larry was an asshole to Taylor? Because that I can understand, but they're not really talking about that. That was like casually mentioned once. Something is missing here. And Macy is not messy enough to get on social media and talk about it. So I don't know what's missing. (laughs) I just don't get it. By the way, do you guys think Macy is a is somebody who, one, votes, and two, is a Trumper. Because I think she might not be. I have hope for Macy. Ugh, that's so random. Anyway, I I just, I really feel like a puzzle piece is missing that we're not being let in on. And that is something that drives me fucking nuts about this show. Because, you know, Macy's sitting here and she's saying, well, we were so close for so long and now they're missing from my life too. And it's like, so invite them over for dinner. Why can't they have Sunday dinner together? I'm sure... I feel like Jen will do anything to see Bentley at this point. So why... Why isn't Macy... Not even... Like, I'm not asking Macy, like, to give up her time and, like, drive Bentley over there and sit there and make sure Ryan doesn't see him. But is there really no reason that Jen and Larry can't come to her house for an afternoon and go swimming in the pool and hang out and Bentley can spend time with them and have a meal together? I just don't get it. Is it because when Ryan went to treatment, they weren't being responsive to her? But I was under the impression that it was Mackenzie that wasn't being responsive to her. I find it very hard to believe that Jen wouldn't even acknowledge to to Macy that Ryan wasn't in that Ryan was in treatment and wouldn't give Macy any information. I don't know. This, in my opinion, probably is Mace like Macy. Macy. As I've said before, Macy's biggest issue has always been that she's very stubborn. And I feel like she probably reached out to Mackenzie, didn't get any information from Mackenzie. And then was like, well, Jen and Larry should be reaching out to me and telling me what's going on with Ryan. And because they didn't fuck them and I'm not going to reach out to them. I think that's where they are. It's upsetting. We see a Taylor going to the barbershop scene, which... Is whatever. We saw a lot of them before. I don't think we've seen one yet this season. I do like his barber. He's funny. It's like an actual black person on Teen Mom. Truly shocking. Teen Mom is like the least fucking diverse show ever. Like, there is no fucking diversity on Teen Mom at all. It's so white. It's so white. Taylor wants to take Macy skydiving for her birthday, and the barber has some funny quips about that, basically being like, that's white people shit. I would never jump out of a plane willingly. You're a fucking idiot. It was fun. It's like a cute throwaway scene. Do I? I like Taylor. I think I've very much gone on record about how much I like Taylor. But do I need to see Taylor's standalone scenes at the barbershop? Not particularly. I can live with that. I kind of zone out during them. I know I'm not going to have a lot of notes during them. I need Taylor to cut his beard. Taylor, the beard, not shave it off. I think the beard looks nice on him. But the straggliness of it, like, really makes me uncomfortable. And I wish he would keep it way closer to his face. That's what I'm calling for in 2018. So, we finally get a Ryan and Mackenzie scene. And Mackenzie's hair and makeup is all done because they're about to have a 
photo shoot. And the producer's like, well, why are you having engagement photos if you're already married? (laughs) And Ryan's like, well, we didn't have our wedding yet. And Mackenzie's like, we've done everything backwards. And it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you've done a lot of things wrong. Um, And they are fighting because Ryan is being his normal asshole self. I think Mackenzie is finally realizing what a goddamn asshole Ryan is. He is being non-responsive, non-engaging, playing with a toy. He's literally playing with a toy and ignoring Mackenzie. Oh, I know everybody hates her, but I actually felt kind of bad for her in this scene. Mac is begging Ryan to get ready, and he just doesn't care. And they have this weird fight because... Ryan says something, and Mackenzie's like, what? And he's like, well, why'd you say what like that? And they have a fight about the fact that Ryan's being an asshole. I think that off heroin, if he is off heroin, Ryan is a lot less agreeing than he was when he was on heroin. (laughs) You know, I have a feeling that he's off heroin. He's just being a real asshole to Mackenzie because... He's agitated, he's ir- he's restless, irritable, and discontented, as they say in the Alcoholics Anonymous big book. He does not have his solution to his problems, and his solution is heroin, and that's been taken away from him, you know, not by choice. And now he's back to being his true self, which, as all of us Team Mom know, as all of us Team Mom fans know, is just an asshole. We watch him get their engagement picks done, which... I think the pictures end up nice. By the way, Mackenzie loves a professional photo shoot. I'm assuming she must have a friend with nice camera because she's always posting professionally done pictures. But it's so weird to watch people have photo shoots. It's so weird. The the photographer is like, play with your hair. Now laugh. Ha ha ha. It was very awkward. And the dog was not prominently enough featured for me. So Macy and Taylor go out to dinner or lunch or for some sort of meal and Macy basically or Taylor tells Macy they're going skydiving tomorrow and then they talked to Bentley about it and Bentley was like am I going to Mimi's while y'all do it and they're like no it's during school and quickly move on and it just makes me sad because Bentley's he wasn't like I want to go to Mimi's I want to go to Mimi's but he knows that he goes to Mimi's when things when uh, Macy and Taylor are busy. He knows that he goes to Mimi's and now he's not going to Mimi's and that's upsetting for him and it's upsetting for me. And then we see them go skydiving. And let me tell you, I, and I know I've talked about this on this podcast before, if not on this podcast, especially when I've been on Emotionally Broken Psychos with Molly McAleer, I cannot stand, that was probably so loud in the microphone, I cannot stand when people go on these weird pre-planned trips for TV. Not trips, activities. You know, on Vanderpump Rules, they're like casually going golf carting. And on Teen Mom, they go skydiving. And like, I don't care. I don't care to ever see anybody go skydiving. Not a friend in real life. (laughs) Not somebody on TV. I'm not interested in it whatsoever. Just don't want to see it. Nope. Really, really don't want to see it. I don't, I did not take any notes because 
I don't care. I wrote down, Macy's going to jump out first. I hate this shit. I don't care. And it's just not enjoyable to me to watch people go on, like, these activities that they would never do if the show was, like, not filming them. I mean, I understand, like, we're going to see them do things that they wouldn't do if the show wasn't a show. But I just, nope, no interest in seeing them go skydiving. But anyway, uh, in the scene for next week, we get to see Macy getting a text that's like, something really bad happened. And I hope it has to do with Ryan, because this was a not Ryan-heavy-centric episode, and that was boring. Macy had a boring segment. But you know what? Macy's a boring person, so I'll allow her to have a boring episode here and there. Okay, so where... I was going to say let's go to Detroit, which is not even where they live. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.